Welcome to Corbell Career Cast, the podcast from the Office of Career and Professional Development at the Joseph Corbell School of International Studies at the University of Denver. Today, we are joined by Corbell student Dan Wilkins, who will be interviewing Corbell alum Marie Bancroft from the GAO. Dan, take it away. Thank you so much, Heather. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. And most importantly, thank you so much to our guest speaker today. We are joined by Marie. So Marie, I'm going to ask you a couple questions here, but let's go ahead and start off with just a couple of easy ones, including your name, the year you graduated from Corbell, what you studied, and where you work now in your current position. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. And uh, my name is Marie Bancroft. I graduated from Corabel in 2008. And uh, my concentration or issue area was international development with a focus on environmental issues. Uh, since then, since 2009, I've been working at the United States Government Accountability Office, which is a mouthful, so it'll be GAO from here on out. Uh, what GAO is, is we are the, considered the government watchdog. So we are a nonpartisan, independent agency that works for Congress to find efficiencies and better effectiveness in our federal government and to save us taxpayer dollars. So uh, we are looking to make sure government is working the way that it should, and uh, there are always ways to find improvements. So there's never uh, an absence of work for us here. Um, one thing that's kind of key about GAO is uh, that our work yields financial benefits as well as those kind of efficiencies, which are a little more um, abstract. Uh, but in terms of financial benefits, we have yielded six, over $66 billion in financial savings. So that's money going back to the taxpayer. Um, and also for the second year in a row, GAO has ranked number one. Uh, as uh, the best places to work in the federal government for mid-sized agencies. So we're proud of that. And I think it's reflected in uh, how we treat our staff and how we, uh, how we do our work. I'm sorry, one last thing is just a little bit about our structure. We, I'm, I'm located in our Denver field office and in, in our mission team that is looking at federal programs that have an environmental focus. So that we have different teams that look at all aspects of the federal government, but that's how we're structured. So in field offices and then headquarters in DC. Excellent. Thank you so much for that resoundingly successful elevator pitch. I'm already intrigued on, on learning more. But uh, regarding your current work in the Denver field office, what would you describe your day-to-day -day office work like? Um, what do you do? Who do you interact with? You mentioned that you work primarily on environmental work. Yes. So uh, a, day to, a day in the life of a GAOer can vary, uh, but because our work is primarily a report, it takes us about a year to write a report. And in that report, we're going to have recommendations to the agency that we're reviewing. And that work is very detailed and time consuming and also very focused on critical thinking. So the first part of our review is really in-depth research, talking to as many people as we can, developing survey methods, reaching out, doing data analysis. It is very focused on getting the facts. So it can be very much uh, a kind of a head at the, to the desk exercise, but it can also be site visits and travel can be really exciting. So we can go to far flung places to actually see these federal programs in action, seeing how is it working really on the ground. So that is talking with federal agents who are part of perhaps field offices or talking to recipients of the federal programs. So we go a wide range of places. Um, 
so our day-to-day -day could be uh, at home, we're working remotely. It could be in one of our field offices or headquarters, or it could be uh, many different places around the world. Uh, at that point, once we've gathered as much information as we think we need, we then analyze that information. So that is in the form of a variety of ways of analysis and uh, should be familiar to DU students in the form of content analyses, surveys, uh, da quantitative data analysis using statistical models. Uh, if all of that deters you, uh, just know that we have subject matter experts and folks who can do some of those really technical aspects with us and for us. So don't feel like uh, you need to have all those tools in your tool belt. Um, and then finally, we do a lot of writing. So a day in the life near the end of the job is writing the report. And that involves a lot of fact checking, making sure that we have things right and developing recommendations. So finding out what is the problem, what should the agency really be doing instead of what it currently is? What is uh, the reason behind why that might be different? And what's the bad effect? You know, why, what, what, what is the effect uh, on the American people to this problem that we have found? And then from there, we'll develop a recommendation. And we have an 80% implementation rate. So agencies do take our recommendations seriously. It's very impressive. That's a great rate. Um, regarding the government of Gata, uh, the GAO for short, um, how did you get into this office? Did you always know that you wanted to be a GAOer, or did an internship kind of just show up and you were like, I should try this, and you fell in love with the work? Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it was more the latter. <laughs> I had uh, no familiarity with GAO before hearing about it at DU. I had a professor who taught international project analysis and international project management, and uh, his style and his coursework was actually centered on GAO work because he also worked at GAO. So he did uh, his DU uh, professorship. Uh, I don't know in what spare time he had, but <laughs> he did both. So I, I saw that I really enjoyed the course and I realized that, well, if I really like the course, then I would probably like working at GAO. And right in that very moment, I saw there was an opening for an internship. And through sheer luck, probably, I was able to get in right before they closed. So that would be one lesson learned I'd impart on anyone listening to this is don't wait like me, uh, apply right away and be ready for it. But sometimes you're not. <laughs> so that's how I became an intern in the Atlanta field office. I actually went there first, and then I ended up transferring back to Denver in 2012. Excellent. It sounds like you have uh, bounced around all over the place, but you found that Colorado is your home. So it's good to know that uh, people don't have to tread too far if they choose to make Colorado their home to work with GAO. Uh, pivoting to a couple of other uh, themed questions, I'd like to pivot real quick to just a couple of the culture questions and seeing like if we could maybe paint a broader picture for that. How would you describe the work environment in GAO, but maybe also specifically within your office? Is it competitive? Is it collaborative? Do people kind of have a gung-ho mentality or it's kind of like a team-based effort? Uh, it is very much team-based. Uh, we are collaborative in nature. We work in a small team, typically, to look at uh, an issue. Uh, what we do is very much focused on gathering facts and working as a team to find out what is going on here. So we can't really do that alone. We have uh, attorneys to help us with legal matters. We have statisticians, we have methodologists, we have subject matter experts. We have a whole cadre of people who can help us uh, along our way. But really at the core of it is our small team. Um, and I'm, 
I'm what you would call an analyst in charge. So I'm sort of the project manager. And a lot of us are in that position. And we usually work with a team member and then an assistant director and director. And that kind of forms our core team. And so we're the ones primarily responsible for carrying out and writing the report and, um, and also performing recommendation follow-up afterwards. Uh, so I would say it's very collaborative and the culture of the organization is, is based on that, that we understand that this is a GAO work product and we cannot do it alone. And in fact, that we shouldn't because our reputation rests on the facts and that involves fact checking, double checking, triple checking. <laughs> That sounds great. And that actually leads into my next question. Nice segue there. Um, what kind of a person succeeds in your organization? Would it be someone that has not only the right amount of hard skills, but I guess soft skills like critical thinking, for example, and it kind of sounds like you really prize the ability to be objective. Is that true? Absolutely. Objectivity is of utmost importance, as is critical thinking. What we do involves a lot of asking questions and asking why. Well, why that? Well, then if that's if that's the case, why why again <laughs> to keep asking those critical questions to get at root causes? So I would say if if the word accountability in our name makes you think of an accountant or a CPA and might deter you, uh, really, I think the crux of our work is if you have an open mind, if you are naturally curious, if you want to know and learn about an issue area, and once you're done with it, you could continue on or you could do something totally different. Uh, so to kind of remain that, uh, that sense of curiosity in your life, uh, this is really the place for you. Uh, because it, you can learn a lot and you can also become very specialized if you would like, or you can remain a generalist and kind of keep things changing for yourself. But either way, uh, the spirit of what we do remains the same, which is to find facts and um, to, to do what uh, I think we do in grad school as well, is to have strong writing skills and come up with uh, an objective of what you're writing about and why you're writing about it. Why is it important? And what are the main themes and conclusions? That's how we write too. So it's, I think, a natural uh, shift into work and into a career. Excellent. You mentioned earlier that you work in a small team, but with a very different cadre of different people, including lawyers, statisticians, economists. So I guess pivoting to the next theme that I had on my questions list is DEI questions or diversity, equity, and inclusion. How does your organization center diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in its everyday work? GAO has a strong track record here. We focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. So we add an A to that. Uh, it is part of our people values, which is to be valued, respected, and treated fairly. So it really is part and parcel of who we are as an agency. So we have uh, five-year strategic plans on DEI&A. We have lots of trainings and brown bags on things like anti-racism, implicit bias. We incorporate DEI and A into our audits as well. So we look at perhaps a federal agency is looking uh, at improving a program on water, but we may be looking at environmental justice issues in looking at that review and saying, well, is this being uh, carried out in a fair and equitable manner to the American people? So we also incorporate it into the work we do. 
Um, and then kind of looking more inwardly, it's kind of how we treat our staff and how we treat each other. Uh, we have affinity groups and communities of practice. We have mentorship for, for employees. And uh, it's how we treat each other within our teams is to be, again, valued, respected, and treated fairly. Gotcha. Well, this is already a very unique example of, I think, a federal agency, uh, or at least one of the alphabet soups, just because what I'm hearing so far is that a lot of different uh, people from different backgrounds are coming together, and you don't have to be an economist or focus on commerce or focus on law. And I guess that segues into my next kind of question. Um, you mentioned that the GAO is part of the legislative uh, branch. Could you maybe speak on that a little bit more? It's not like the other federal agencies. Is that correct? Absolutely. So when people typically think of the federal government, they think of the executive branch agencies like Department of Defense or Health and Human Services, uh, those big agencies that we all kind of see in the news and might hear about. Uh, we are under the legislative branch, so we work under Congress. Uh, we are still an independent and nonpartisan agency, so the work we do is our own. Uh, how, we do uh, our work primarily at the request of Congress and from congressional committees uh, on both sides of the aisle, both for the majority and minority. Uh, but the way that we scope our work, what we look at, how we look at it, and what, what we find from our review is entirely independent of Congress. So uh, we provide that information and Congress appreciates it and values it, and um, we take pride in it. <laughs> That's great. It's great to take pride in your work. And it seems like everybody else also agrees, just given the fact that your satisfaction survey speaks for itself. I think that that's really important to note. Do you think that all of the things that we've just asked about, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, the fact that it is, you know, keeping the government accountable, and it also is objective and fact-based and finding the truth rather than trying to maybe push an agenda. Do you think that that helps with why a lot of people are satisfied working for GAO? I think so. Yeah. And and one on top of all of that, something we didn't talk about is the flexibilities in our the way we do our work and work life balance. I feel like that's been a real asset to staff, especially with the advent of COVID and just the upheaval that people's have experienced and with their families. So we have a very flexible work schedule and uh, in terms of the hours that we work as well as when we work during the week, we have uh, in many of our field offices and headquarters have access to gyms and daycares. So we recognize that we are people <laughs> and not just little worker bees. So we have uh, a lot of flexibilities afforded to us that we appreciate. And uh, speaking personally, I've had a, a, just a tremendous support from management on uh, in these last few years. So it's it's really great to know that we are a team and not to feel like we're being worked to death. <laughs> I totally understand. That's fantastic to hear. Um, then I guess that is a great way to ask my next question. Um, what do you think is important for someone interested? Let's say they are like listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, I know I want to work for GAO. What is something that someone's interested in your organization, uh, what would they need to know about working in this field or what would be the next step that you'd recommend? Is there any kind of class that they should take? Is there any kind of internship they should take, et cetera? I think we come from a lot of different backgrounds. So I don't think there's a cookie cutter. You must go through this uh, major or this concentration in grad school to get here. We come from a real wide variety. So it, if you have coursework that's related to any sort of analysis or project management that can be an asset, any prior work experience in government, whether it be local, state, 
federal or maybe working on the Hill as a, a congressional staffer. But I realized that those may not be um, your path. <laughs> uh, it, it actually wasn't mine, although I do have Peace Corps experience and there is a, a large return Peace Corps volunteer uh, presence at GAO along with AmeriCorps as well. So I feel like both volunteer and paid experience can be an asset. I think writing experience is really important too. So highlighting that you have perhaps done, I don't know if you were writing grant work at a nonprofit or any sort of writing, or in your case, Dan, uh, leading an interview uh, for a podcast, that would be a great thing to put on your interview. So, or on your application and, and resume. So those are all uh, kind of assets that I would say, but I, I would say most importantly is a dedication to public service. And if you are interested in joining GAO, you're doing it for public service because that is really what we're here for. So having, um, having that in mind, I think is important. That's incredible. Thank you so much for that great answer. Um, I know for a fact that I'm definitely going to be applying in the near future, um, but regarding GAO and its hiring you know, in the near future, what kind of hiring is the organization look to do in the near future? Are they hiring for any interns? Are they hiring for positions? Is there uh, a positive kind of outlook for that in the near future for anybody listening in? There is. Uh, the work that we do will not go away. <laughs> uh, and it, it doesn't really go away with uh, changes in administrations or changes in, congress in the congressional makeup. It is a constant. So we are hiring. And in fact, something uh, to keep in mind is our analyst intern position uh, will open next week, actually. So the September, September 6th, which is this coming Tuesday, I believe. So that is something to watch out for. The the opening for that internship, it says it will close on the 19th, but it will also close if it also reaches 350 applications. So it may close sooner is what I'm trying to say. So have, have your resume at the ready, be ready to apply as soon as, as that opens. Um, I think internships are great ways to get into GAO. You are not just getting coffee. You are doing exactly what a analyst would do on the job if you were a full-fledged analyst. And that also goes for if you uh, join in the professional development program, that would be if, if you enjoyed your internship and you got rehired, you have a two-year probationary period where you get to kind of bop around our issue areas and see which issues you like and which team and, and team culture, frankly, fit you. So um, you get to do that for two years. And in that time, you get a ton of development. There's a, a lot of, of uh, training and resources that are invested in you to make sure that you are ready to lead your own jobs and to be a successful analyst. So. Don't feel like you need all the skills straight off, st straight out the bat. So you have a lot of help along the way during those two years. Okay, that's wonderful to hear. It seems like it truly is a team mentality and it seems like um, it is a place where you can go and succeed. And not only that, but use the tools and skills that the Corbell School has invested in you to make a difference, not only in the world, but also in the US government. So it's really fascinating to hear that. And Marie, thank you so very much for your time. These are all of the burning questions that I had on my end. Do you have any for, for me on my end? I don't wanna make this a one-way street, but Again, thank you so very much for your time. This has been really wonderful to do. 
Thank you so much for having me. And I, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about GAO. I know it sounds a little corny, but it is all about public service and enjoying what you do day to day. And I think it's it's a great place to work. I like working with the people I work with and the issues kind of keep me on my toes and keep me um, intellectually interested in what's going on. So I think there are lots, a lot of pluses to working here. And I know we're a little known agency, but uh, glad we can get the word out a little bit more. Thank you so much, Marie. I'm glad we could as well. Well, thank you so much, Dan and Marie, for joining us today for this conversation. I know as a taxpayer, I definitely appreciated hearing about that $66 billion of going back in our pockets. So uh, keep up the good work. And for anyone listening, we do have a number of Corbell alums who are very happy with their work at GAO. And Marie gave some of those great reasons why it can be such a great place to work. So definitely look into it if you haven't heard about it or don't know too much about it. So that's it for us today. And we hope you will all join us next time for Corbell Clearcast.